With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. From their studio in the Feeding Arizona building in Youngtown, Arizona, it's the Boomer and the Babe Show with Pete Peters and Deborah Brown. Join Pete and Deborah and their guests as they give voice to 78 million baby boomers from coast to coast and border to border. Now here are the Boomer and the Babe, Pete Peters and Deborah Brown. Hello everyone and welcome to the show. This is actually Deborah Brown and Pete Peters is not going to be with us right now. I'm not quite sure if he'll make it back from an errand that called him away, but I am hoping that I can do what he would do, which is make a fantastic show with our wonderful guest, Joanne Blackerby. And I am so excited because it is time to be thinking about fitness and getting ready to uh, greet the new year. And I'm sure that our our wonderful um, trainer fitness guru is going to let us know all about that. Welcome to the show, Joanne. Thanks so much for having me. And I am so excited because I know that you have been chosen as the global personal trainer to watch, chosen out of 800 worldwide trainers who applied. And I understand also that it was your peers who actually made that selection, and that makes it all the better, doesn't it? It does. It's kind of like the Screen Actors Guild Awards compared to the Emmys. When your peers speak for you, it's huge. I know. I think that is such a thing to be proud of, so good for you. you. Um, The first thing I want you to do is give us what we call your two-minute movie, and that is your life, laser beam style, as far back as you'd like to go. And I mean as far back with all the... All the dirt, <laughs> if there is All any. All right, then. <laughs> if there There's is any. There's some of it, girl. There's some <laughs> of it. Um, I'm actually uh, Jamaican. I came to North America uh, when I was a young child. We transplanted or immigrated from Jamaica and ended up first in Canada and then eventually to high school in um, Dallas, Texas, and finished college at Trinity University in San Antonio, Texas. Uh, so I've kind of been around. I come from a mixed background. Um, and have a lot of that culture in me, uh, I think which really translates to uh, my passion with training, uh, had the fortunate ability to, to be around lots of different cultures and currently am married uh, with three kids of my own and run a small fitness training studio in Austin, Texas, and we are committed to education and service. Well, education and service are two of the things that I absolutely am um, committed to myself, but frankly, the fitness part is not um, as high on my list, but frankly, it needs to be. I think when you get to be a certain age, and I've announced many times on, on our shows that I'm uh, 59 now, um, and I was always you know, so proud to be 50. You know, I'm 50, and you know, in 10 years, I'm going to be able to say I'm 60, and I'm going to be fit and healthy and blah, blah, blah. Well... I'm healthy, but I'm not fit. So, so what can what can we talk? How can you talk me into getting that to be part of my thing? 
Well, you know, I mean, it used to be the industry was so um, overwhelmed with the idea of perfect workouts and perfect bodies, and we've really done a 360 in the last several years. Uh, we're really returning to back to the basics in fitness and learning to work with all ages to improve functionality, how our body functions on a daily business, uh, a daily basis. Uh, the gym can be an overwhelming place. Uh, taking on a workout program or an exercise program can be an overwhelming thing. And the most important thing, Deborah, is just to start one step at a time. You know, it, this is the time for resolutions, and this is the time where we want big changes. But even the biggest change starts with the smallest step. So the question would be, where do you want to be today, or where do you want to be in six months or in three months? Do you want to feel better when you're out and about with friends, or would you like to be more active in your community, um, whether it's attending events or going on weekend walks? Those are the small things that help move us towards bigger goals of uh, physical fitness. Right. Well, just as a, as a small, very small example, yesterday I ran out to Walmart, and instead of looking for a pretty close parking space, which I figured I could do if I drove up and down the aisles like like I have certainly done before, I thought, you know what, I'm just going to park in the first one that I hit that speaks to me, and it, I don't care how far away from the door it is. And as I started the little walk, and it wasn't that far, but I'm thinking, you know what, this actually feels pretty good <laughs> to actually stretch my legs and not be in, you know, in front of my computer all the time. And I think you get out of the habit of movement if you sit too much, don't you think? Absolutely. I mean, look at the way we are today. So many of my clients, and my clients range from college age, my eldest client is 82 years old, you know. Um, we get very, very used to the rote routine. So it's the little challenges that we can do, exactly what you've done. Park a little bit further away. I'm guilty of it, too. I'm 43 years old. You know, I'm coming up right there with you. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, I've got these kids, and I've got um, work, and, you know, hurry, 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 stress, stress, stress. I, you know, I'm, I'm very um, enticed by those close parking places, too. But it does. It, it feels good to get out and move the body. And we're behind desks. We're sitting down. Everything is at a touch of a button. I like to say that, um, you know, fitness and uh, exercise cannot ever be replaced by an app. Today there's an app for everything. You know, we punch a button, we get an instant application. <laughs> and right. this is the one thing that I think that, you know, as while there are many applications that can help us get to or aspire to a fitter lifestyle, it's really just the small things. Uh, standing up when you're taking a phone call, walking around. Well, that's a good idea. That's yeah. a good idea. Uh, making sure that when you have a meal, you're actually seated and not on the go. Oh no, that yeah. doesn't work. That doesn't work yeah. for me. I, I no, I stand and eat <laughs> my right. lunch anyway. <laughs> and it's all our lives, but you know, making okay for one time today, I'm going to sit down. I'm actually going to sit down and eat a meal. Right. Into my body, and then proceed. It doesn't take that much time. It's just that that's not the way we're wired today. We're on the go, on the go, on the go. Exactly. Well, you know, I have to laugh at myself because I love to watch like the Zumba video, you know, the little um tutorial not tutorial. I don't have that tape. I'm talking about the um 
the thing on Saturday morning where I'm laying in bed and I'm clicking the channels and I'm going, oh, this is really good. And then I'll watch that for 10 minutes and then I'll switch over to the Brazilian dance exercise thing. And I'm thinking, yeah, those people are really having fun. And I'm still not out of bed yet, but I'm I'm enjoying other people's exercise. Now, that's not, that's sad. That's not sad. So you've got a, <laughs> you, you, you're enticed. You're enticed. I am. In point, right? Looks like fun. And fitness should be fun. It should be something that we we enjoy. It shouldn't be a chore. So this is where the industry goes back to how is this going to translate to your daily function? How is working out, and whether you're at home, whether you're in front of a DVD, how is that going to translate to how much better you feel or function in daily life? It doesn't have to be extreme. And I think, you know, there with so much publicity in the media, there are some very extreme sorts of quote-unquote workouts and methodologies, it's actually pretty simple. It's very doable. Pick one goal. Today I'm going to make sure I drink water instead of soda. I'm going to shoot for that today, and I'm, and I'm, I'm, going, to, I'm going to try the best I can. You know, if right. I hit it 70% of the time, great. I've made an accomplishment. I'm going to so, walk the block. So you're saying basically what kind of makes sense is once you've motivated yourself to make a change, not to beat yourself up if you don't hit 100%, but maybe celebrate 70%. Absolutely. You know, a lot of times with my novice and beginning clients, I say, you know, you don't have to think of going out to quote-unquote work out as this hour-long ordeal. How about opening your front door, walking down the block for 10 minutes, and turning around and walking back. That's 20 minutes of movement. That's a great idea. That is a great idea. Now, you know, we have not just my generation that needs this conversation, but we've got an awful problem, don't you think, with obesity and children these days. Isn't this a bad thing? I mean, it's like a national epidemic, isn't it? It really is a national epidemic, and, um, you know, it's it's we it's it's what we live. You know, children learn what they live. They see us, they see adults sitting at desks, punching iPhones or smartphones, computers, and getting jobs done. And so they think that well, if I sit in front of something, I'm spending quality time. I fight this with my eight-year-old all the time. You know, I'm just on the verge of getting rid of the Xbox or the Wii or whatever because it's so enticing. You can have all this stimulation without ever moving. And so it's the same thing. Take a step out, you know, shut it down, walk away, go outside and give me five minutes of riding your bike in one direction and ride back in another. Before you know it, he's out there for, you know, an hour playing with friends. That's Um, right. You know, I mean, it is because... The, the, you know, if you look in the average public schools and whatnot, the, just the, the sheer size of the children is so different from when we were younger. And physical education is where we had, you know, longer recesses and were out there daily. And PE was part of every day. It's not happening today, you know. It's our job to make sure the kids are performing on benchmark tests and things like that. So that's where we drive them. Well, that's not a very good thing to, um, you know, the the thing that you said that you were um, committed to is education and service, right? Well, that is not in education or service to our children 
to leave that that basic <laughs> go outside and play at recess and make sure you're healthy part. I mean, it's not in service to the children. No, it's it's not. You know, I mean, and you know, we do them a disservice. I mean, the number of kids. I mean, you remember when we used to play skipping rope or jump rope games? Yeah. Or you could do um, string games on your feet and hands, or you did um, ball games and um, hand clapping games and things like this. It always amazes me when I volunteer at the children's school, which I do every week, you know, and I spend part of my day opening milk cartons for the little ones, and I can introduce a hand clapping game or uh, uh, a Simon Says game, and they don't really play that. They don't know that. Um, hmm. Why not? That, yeah, why not? Exactly. Why not? Now, what um, can a person be fit or get fit and, and still not really be their ideal weight based on their height? In other words, yes. you can still have good muscularity and balance and things like that and, and be fit. Am I right? You're absolutely right. So here's the big myth. We go a lot today by um, assessments and standards, right? Um, yes. Body fat. Everyone's concerned about body fat and the BMI, body mass index scales, right? That body mass index scales uh, rate you on a level of obesity or fatness according to height and weight. Well, somebody who is fit or somebody who is very active and very muscular may, on the body height scales, the BMI, score in a range that doesn't depict or truly illustrate, based on their weight, how fit they are. They may be weighing in at a heavier weight, but it's not really the weight that matters. It's the composition of the body. So when we think about fitness, you know, really want people to leave the idea of the weight on the scale behind and think more about their terms of what the body is composed of, how much lean muscle mass you have. Use girth measurements instead, you know, to really have a good feeling. The scale is a variable that goes up and down that way. And what we need to focus on is exactly what the composition of the body is, not just the number on the scale. And quite frankly, Deborah, I mean, do you like getting on a scale? No. Neither do I. (laughs) That would be a no. number defines us, you know? This especially for women this number defines me. We are not defined by the weight on the scale. We are defined by how our body is composed, the lean muscle mass and how our body functions. Well, it's so funny the other day I I happened to catch sight of myself probably going in or out of the shower and I thought, "Have you lost weight?" and I thought, "Maybe I should go ahead and get on the scale." And honest to goodness, I had dropped Six pounds, and I don't remember. I mean, I didn't know it. I mean, I, I'm looking at myself, and I go, "Oh!" And I kind of did realize that my jeans were not fitting quite as tightly as they had been. But I try to stay off the scale because it's a little bit depressing. But when I got on the scale and I had that reaction, it was that motivation that we were just talking about—that little bit of momentum, if you will. So, don't you think that if somebody gets a little bit of momentum, a little bit of encouragement, they can sort of scoot themselves into a different mindset? And this is where my um, methodology of community comes in. It is no fun to do this on your own. You know, those who adhere and commit to a fitness program do so much better 
when you have a group of people with you. It could be your friend. It could be your spouse. It could be just someone who's like-minded that you've met. But it's a sense of having someone to celebrate that encourage and encourage you at the same time for those small steps uh, that you may not see right away but over time are visible to others. And instead of being there saying, well, it could have been six pounds more, you celebrate exactly. saying, it was the six pounds, and girl, that's huge, you know? That is huge. I love the genes test. I love the genes test. How do your genes feel? You know, that's a great yep. test. Um, and, you know, I don't need you to get on a scale. How does your body feel? You know? And that's really where um, coming together, especially in the boomer generation, you know, the baby boomer generation, we, we kind of got locked out of the gyms for a while. You know, it was like all these, these young bodies and hardcore workouts. And, Things are changing, you know. The fitness industry recognizes that there's a need for this generation of 50-plus people to be able to go into an environment and get something uh, valuable, education as well as movement, uh, to help them get beyond this idea that fitness is so overwhelming. Right. Well, you know, it's funny because the um, the extreme workout um, concept that, um, for example, my daughter Oh my gosh, she does that. Um, oh God, I don't, I don't even know what it is—CrossFit uh, or something like that. And oh my God, I have seen her um, drop the weights in the wrong way, you know, and and put it up on Facebook. You know, her. Oh, I know what it was. She was she was um, doing like a clean and jerk thing and hit her nose with the bar, and it was like a badge of honor. And I'm thinking, you could have broken your nose. <laughs> You know, and then another time she was jumping up on the box and slipped and and scraped really deeply both shins, and it's another badge of honor. But what she's doing is she's Facebooking it and she's Pinteresting, if you will. That's not the right word, but she's putting up on Pinterest the menus and the um, the the milestones that she's reached and the 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 great time she's having with her community, and she's sharing that. And I think what you're saying about having that group of people that claps when you do something good or, you know, supports you when you bind up your shins, you know? Right. And, you know, yes, um, in the fitness industry, CrossFit is um, somewhat of a debating point, you know? Extreme workouts are not for everyone. Not for me. And and going to extremities, um, yeah, you can get hurt. And how sustainable are they, you know? So how long can you keep doing that? And in actuality, how is that going to affect your daily function? Um, You know, doing clean and presses uh, and over and over again, jumping up box steps and things, are you more likely to be injured during something like that than you are to maintain a level of functional fitness? And by functional fitness, I mean are you performing well in your daily life or are you constantly so beat up and risking injury? that you could get hurt. Right. So while I don't appreciate um, nor intend to ever do the CrossFit, what I do like about um, the idea of letting people know that I've lost six pounds, that my genes fit better, and that what I'm choosing to eat is, you know, broccoli with um, lemon juice twice a week, or I'm just kidding, I, I don't know what that is, but <laughs> <laughs> although that's not bad, <laughs> Um 
you know, that sounds like a good idea to me if you're into Facebook and and um I just don't know about my generation per se being that interested in chronicling everything in life the way Absolutely. Yeah. Um I have a term that I I I'm a reluctant Facebooker. Um I've had to learn to Facebook because I run a business, but I prefer FaceTime. And nothing replaces FaceTime. I really want to connect with the people that I work with. And people want to connect with each other. There, there, there is the essence of community where, where when you have that and you found a place, and it can be whether it's a walking group that gets together in a neighborhood or a group of friends, that you're accountable to one another, that if you're not there or if you don't come, you're missed. That's Your good. Your energy is, is, is feeds the group. So, um, you know, there's definitely the generation, um, you know, I continue to learn how to grapple with and deal with Facebook and Twitter and all of these things. And in business, it's almost becoming like, you know, you have to do it. I've had to be trained on doing it. I prefer to see my people face-to-face. Well, I totally agree with you. And, And when you just said FaceTime versus Facebook, I think that is a very key distinction that people can start to pay attention to because it could be that that we get so insulated and isolated thinking we have community and thinking we're doing all this great stuff and you know nobody can see the sparkle in your eyes because you just dropped 6 pounds and you know that joy in your in your step so to speak you know when you're walking around going dude I look good in my jeans again you know <laughs> you can't you can't see that on Facebook no, you can't. And, you I mean, we can definitely, I think, for the younger generation, celebrate their successes and understand that they want to post those milestones. Um, I think it tends to lead to an uh, almost an uh, edge of competition. You know, look at me, look at me, look at me now. And our generation, we step back from that. We've been around a little bit longer, you know. Um, I don't need to look at me, look at me, look at me now. I need to know that I'm doing the best I can. You need to be uh-huh. ready yourself for the best that you're doing and that happens during FaceTime moments in our lives not during Facebook all right now we've got the holidays coming up as I mentioned in the beginning of the show and there've got to be some strategies for how to prevent that average 10 pounds that we all say wow where in the heck how did I do that when I said I was never going to do that again you know and it happens pretty much at the same time of year and you know you just blossom up another 10 pounds and I don't want to do that seeing as how I've dropped this lovely six so how do I you know what strategies can I employ what are the little tricks we can do well you know there's going to be all these parties right and yep. you're going to have we are all going to have lots of social engagements going on there are so many simple things you can do drink a glass of water before you hit the buffet, all right. Um, let your have a sense of um, being satiated, being full before you hit that buffet. So that's just a really simple, easy thing to do. And then the other thing is that to lose the buffet mentality. My husband is terrible at the buffet mentality. If it's out there and it's a spread, well, he's got to have every bit. You know. It's not what you eat. It's also portion control. So you can have a small bite of this or that. You don't have to deny yourself. But at the end of the day, if you did that the evening or the day before, look at the next day and go, you know, I kind of overindulged last night, and I'm going to kind of clean up my act today. I'm going to replace my 
grains with greens. I'm going to, you know, take my omega-3s. I'm going to get out and do a walk just to try and put yourself back in that mindset. It's not deprivation. If we could if we could lose the idea of deprivation, um, you know, we're not deprived if we don't have everything we want. The reality is you have everything you need. Well, that's true. And I have to laugh because when you just were starting to say the um, what to do before you get to a buffet, I thought you were, <laughs> I thought you were going to say go to McDonald's and get a hamburger, french fries, and Coke and then go to the buffet <laughs> party. Okay. You know, I, with what I do, and I mean, that stuff is good, right? There's so much of it out there. Um, eat, eat before you go. How about a yogurt or a banana or an apple? Yeah, I actually, I honestly, I have done that. I think that is probably the best idea. Then you don't look like a, a glutton when, you know, the, the hostess and whatever has put on this beautiful spread. You can just have a little bit of everything and not feel yeah, like you starve to sure. death. You know, but um, it doesn't have to be. So if you look at the holidays, let's say, what, a month, all right? Uh-huh. And if you know that you're going to be going out to a party and whatnot, then fine, go to the party. But during the week, Eat something sensible. Make a commitment to yourself to go, you know, I know I'm going to do this. I know I'm going to want a day off of quote-unquote diet. And so I'm going to make sure I eat clean this week. Um, you know, fruits and vegetables, we know we know what we're supposed to eat. Stay away from the processed foods. Eat clean. And then enjoy a day off. If not, then go ahead and make sure that you're not having that sensation of hunger when you get there. Okay, so you just said something um, that seems pretty important, and that is eat clean. Tell me what that means. Eat clean is easy, okay? I don't do um, special diets, okay? There's no special diets. Food is food. We don't think in our minds of diet. When we say the word diet, it's just an instant like, oh, what am I going to be without? Look at every eating opportunity at every meal as a fueling opportunity. So kind of like when you take your car to the, car to the gas station, I have to refuel it in order for it to run. I need good gas, you know? You don't have to buy the most expensive gas. You just need decent gas. So when I sit down to eat, I need to refuel my body. I'm going to refuel that with the best stuff I have available to me. I'm going to forego processed foods, prepackaged foods. I'm going to go for a salad instead. I'm going to really work to get my greens in because those are all, you know, natural antioxidants and fibers and things that my body needs, they're also very filling, okay? And I'm going to do that, and then I'm not going to feel this sense of deprivation that, oh, I can't have. You can have. We can all have. And there's no shortage of what we can have here in this country, immediately readily available to us. It is what we choose. You can choose to eat something that is natural, natural. Again, fruits and vegetables. As a part. Well, I I think that's great, and I, I'm going to put that into my lexicon. That eat clean. That that sounds yeah, right to me. Clean. I mean, you know, it doesn't have to be like some crazy diet. Okay, it just has to be. For most of the day, I'm going to eat clean. If I have the option for the run through McDonald's, and McDonald's is my only option, I'm going to choose the snack wrap and a salad. If I have the run-through for the option at a drive-through, I'm going to say, can you put that on a wrap or could I have it with no bread? 
I'm going to focus on getting the nutrients that I need into my body without the junk. And it's hard because everything today is so, you know, convenience foods, convenience foods. Right. In my mind, convenience foods are those wonderful pre-washed, steamable-in-the-bag vegetables, those things that tend to be time-intensive when we all get home from a day of work. Yes. Popping up the broccoli, da 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 you know. That's my convenience food. That saved me some time. Easy to stick a chicken breast, piece of fish, whatever, in the oven. And within four minutes to five minutes, you've got steamed vegetables that you can eat. You know, this argument, you know, well, is our fresh better, organic? You know, when it comes down to it in America, our eating habits are so poor that whether it's a can of green beans or pre-washed vegetables, it's still, you know, you don't have to go all organic. You don't have to go all the way. It's those little steps. You're still right. the nutrients that you need. Well, that's sort of like that celebrate 70% instead of, give you, you know, beat yourself up and just say, well, I can't do it at all because I can't get to 100%, so I'm just not going to do it. So. Right. I mean, it's the, it's the 60 to 70%, and it's small steps, small, small steps. Try to eat regularly. Eat every two to three hours. That doesn't mean you have to sit down and have a meal. But if you're gonna, if you're snacking, then clean out the house and the kitchen. Make over your kitchen. Get rid of the chips and the, the the convenience foods. Make it easy for you to go in there and grab, you know, something quick and easy, uh, a salad. That's why I love that prepackaged salad and broccoli and green beans that you just stick in the microwave because in four uh-huh. minutes, you're gonna right. spend four minutes in a McDonald's drive-through. <laughs> That's true. All right, so let's say that I am in the market for either a gym or a personal trainer, and I would imagine the process is different depending on what I'm looking for. But speak to me about what what should I be looking for? Well, yeah, um, all right, well, so cost, right? You should be looking at cost, first of all, because um, whether it's a gym, a big box gym, or a small neighborhood gym, or personal training, there's a financial investment. The first thing you should look at, right? And you need to look at this as a commitment. Um, We, I, as a personal trainer and gym owner, am in the service industry. It is my job to serve, okay? I am there to educate and bring a result. I'm not there to hang out and be your friend, although I will end up being your friend, you know? So my job is to motivate the first thing is cost. Is it doable? If it's something that's not doable and you're, you can't afford it, you need to find a different program or a different way because that's going to be the first thing to go, you know, we can just get rid of this. You know, it's an extra expense monthly. Number two, convenience. Is this somewhere that I'm going to go or a person I'm going to go to that I know is not going to be stressful for me to get there? Um, stress is not good. We have enough of it in our lives. It needs to be something that... You can commit to whether it's once, twice, three times a week without stress. Do they offer programming, timing, appointments that are acceptable to your schedule? Thirdly, um, check credentials, right? It's different. Personal training in in big, big gyms is different than personal training studios or personal trainers one-on-one. It's an investment of your time and your money, so you need to make sure that your trainer is certified. Um, I often, when I have new clients come in, 
they ask me all these questions, you know, and they want to know blah, 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 and how can you help me lose weight? And, I, and then at the end I say, you forgot to ask me the most important question, my background. Do I have proof of certification? What's my training? Okay? You wouldn't right. sign up with a doctor without knowing if it was a bona fide, he was a bona fide medical professional. You know, so what's the proof of my training? Hold me accountable to that. Let me show you. Ask about certifications and which agencies you're certified under. Um, for our generation, our boomers, we look to make sure, you know, are you able to and willing to uh, network with other health professionals? Will you contact my doctors? Will you uh, make sure that I'm going to stay safe? The first session of any personal training or workout session, whether it's an orientation at the gym or whatnot, should be assessment. You just don't throw somebody into some sort of movement without understanding how their body works. So assessment is huge. Have they assessed me? Do they understand how my body works? How are they assessing me? Assessment is not how many push-ups you can do. Assessment is looking to see how you perform. How well does, does she seem to have um, a hard time with her right knee or, or are there any injuries? Things like that. Well, that's that's good. Right now, I I have a shoulder that is not working right, so I have a range of motion issue that's just. Whew, I mean, I can't raise my arm past parallel to the ground. My, you know, it's frozen. That should be addressed immediately. And yeah. it's our job as trainers and as educators and as professionals to acknowledge that, to take that extremely seriously, to network with doctors and your healthcare providers, your physical therapists, and say, okay. We're working with this person. What's going on? Can you give me a backup as to what is contraindicated and let me communicate to you what my plan is and open to sort of bridge that gap between healthcare and fitness? Fitness is, pre is a preventative medicine. You right. Know, and I say that loosely in the words of medicine. It's a, it's a preventative methodology. But there has to be a communication among healthcare professionals and fitness professionals to bring the best to our clients. All right, so um, how would you say, and I think I know this myself, but how do you think fitness impacts the rest of a person's life, oh you know, what, no matter what age? So yeah, no maybe go through, the, go through the whole continuum. Start with the kids and then okay. come forward. Okay, so let's start with the kids. And let's say um, eight-year-old kids used to sitting in front of Xboxes and whatnot. We have programs at the gym to get them up and moving, you know. So it has to be fun for the kids, all right. The movement has to be fun. It has to be just as enticing, as encouraging as being able to, to sit and have a, that instant gratification on a computer, you know? So, it's a, it, again, it's the engagement um, and bringing them in and teaching them body movements that are challenging but also encouraging. They're not being tested. We're just keeping them up and going. You move to a high school, college student age. If you're dealing with a high school athlete, um, you know, that's one thing. If you're dealing with the average high schooler, oh, especially the girls, you know, I mean, what an awkward time. Do you remember? Oh, yeah. Oh, awkward time. Um, so there's a lot of um, low self-esteem. There's a lot of self-consciousness. Breaking through and having that, um, making a connection with them as a part of their team, a non-judgmental place in which they are free to explore and understand what's happening with their bodies as well as learn how to manage 
sedentary lifestyles, how to challenge them to get out and move and with it not feeling like a chore. Again, for the youth, almost everything is impacted in, in community and, and how enjoyable it is. Um, as you go on, you know, we life takes over. You've got the young mom. I've got, you know, two pregnant moms right now. It's hard. They don't want to move, you know. Um, it's reminding and bringing them into a situation, coaching and reminding them, you know, how much this is going to help them, not only on recovery after childbirth, um, but also how well they feel. You know, even if you're going through the morning sickness, I had one poor little client, she just could just drag herself three times a week to me, and she was sick, but she said, you always feel so much better when I get here. I've moved my body. It goes on. You know, my eldest client right now um, is 80 years old. She has the bone density of a 40-year-old. Uh, she is a type 1 diabetic. She struggled with it in her entire life. And those quote-unquote workout sessions are different. You know, she's not working with paper plates, or we're not dumbing her down. I mean, we're challenging her on agility and movement, but what's important to me is that we train her in such a way that should she misstep, should she step off of a curb, or should she have to jerk back in, in, in a crowd, that her body is going to function in a way in which it's going to be intuitive that she knows how to correct herself. You know, She knows how to catch hold of her body without feeling that stumbling, flailing feeling. And she's great at it, so we work with her from very basic patterns um, in a variety of methodologies and equipment for things that our bodies do. We bend, we reach, we push, we pull, we turn. How does this translate? You know, right. with a, an executive, a male executive who sits at his desk all day, you get the, eventually at around the 40s, the hunched shoulders, you know, that constant sense of fatigue. We bring them in, we start them going, you know. Before you know it, I, I like to use the phrase with my male clients, I'm going to give you your man card back. You know, are you tired of feeling fatigued and exhausted? And are you tired of that doldrum, that lack of posture that just all you do is that work, work, work? We're going to work with them to teach them that there's a quality of life that they once probably had and due to the stresses of where they are in their lives are missing. So it can be done in a non-competitive, really encouraging environment and challenging them at the same time. Guys are great in workout groups because guys like to chat more so, <laughs> more so than women. Okay. That's funny. That's funny. So, you know, so guys, like they like that team mentality. It adds a little healthy competition to it. But um, they want to they wanna know, you know, like, hey, I'm doing well, you know. Um, and so that's a part of it. What I think is amazing, Deborah, is that over the last 20 years that I've been training, is that if you have a woman who comes in, her progress will affect her friend. If it's a mom, her progress will affect her kids. She'll not only start changing the way she does things, she's going to start changing the way her family does things. If you have her coming in, then she's at some point going to want her husband to come in because she's feeling good and she feels like she can function. So when dad starts coming in, or the boyfriend or whoever, they're going to start to bring the kids in. And their family time is going to change. No longer does family time mean we sit on the couch. It's sort of opening up another door to what can be done. You know, We live in Austin, Texas. We've got no shortage of hiking and biking trails. 
I love it when I hear that those families, those women, those men said, you know, I met a friend, I took my wife, I took my kids, and they went out, and instead of sitting in front of the television, they went out for, you know, a 30-minute hike because they can. So I think, Joanne, what I'm hearing is some very key words, um, quality of life, confidence, self-esteem, not just movement and balance, but the uh, but the other benefits, self-esteem, confidence, quality of life, and feeling like you're alive from a cellular level. Absolutely. <laughs> you know. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean like really enjoy because you can get out and and move your body because you know, this frozen shoulder thing that I've got is um is a problem. I mean, I I'm I'm sick of it and I need to deal with it and you know the opposite of that is free motion and I like that idea a lot better. Absolutely. And again it's small steps. I mean, I like to be able to load my own groceries in the car, you know? I, and feel okay with that. I'm okay with picking up the 30 pound dog bag food of uh, bag of dog food and saying, "Hey, you know, it's okay I've got this." Um those kind of things when you go to garden you're like, oh, it's not a chore. You know, I'm not stiff and I'm not sore. I'm actually seeing the results of this in a daily, my daily life. You know, I turned quickly and reached for something off of a shelf. I didn't get hurt. I didn't have to worry about tweaking my back or, oh, it's so hard. I had a set of stairs to go up to. Wow, I did that better than I thought. Exactly. Well, tell me about this Global Personal Trainer to Watch Award um, tell me all about that. Tell me who the panel was that that made the decision, uh, the fact that it's your your peers that are choosing you, and who actually put that together. Um, Life Fitness is a uh, big company that provides fitness equipment and educational resources to fitness professionals. They partnered with FitPro, also under um, the umbrella of PTA Global, which is a major continuing education resource fitness professionals, and it was by nomination. Um, I don't know how I got here. I am blessed. I am humbled, but it was through nominations, so they took a series of nominations and then researched these entrants from all over the world, so we have people from Australia, from Hong Kong, from England, from from all over the UK, you know, and it was really neat to see, Um, and they narrowed it down to 20 semi-finalists, I guess I'll be finalists, 20 finalists, and then from there 10 um, additional finalists, and then they chose one. And the award was based on commitment to um, the integrity of the industry, of education, of community. And I got a phone call, and they said, you're it, and I said, You've got to be kidding me. <laughs> I said, is this, some sort of, is this some sort of prank call? Or, and I said, no. And so I emailed back. And I said, are you sure? That's um, fantastic. You know? And um, and so the, the judging panel is actually an assembly of industry peers, everyone from executives at um, these major certifying institutions to um, executives of, at uh, Life Fitness and we were awarded. I was awarded. It's still hard for me to say I because I always think of, of me as the gym, but I was awarded um, this great honor and um, just 
floored by it, just the chance, um, you know, a shout-out, uh, a validation that fitness isn't on our level only about how many clients you have. It's about your willingness to give back to the community. Our gym well. is kind of, you know, a, a, we're a very small studio. We exist. We do sliding scale programs. We volunteer our time. Uh, we believe that you can pick our brains for free, you know. Uh-huh. Well, congratulations on that. That just sounds so special. Um, how would you say, and and this may be putting you on the spot, but how would you say the United States ranks in terms of fitness, in terms of, you know, this is a global a global award you have, so clearly right. fitness is not just in America. <laughs> it's not us. We no. didn't invent it. <laughs> no, we didn't invent it, and it's crazy all over the world. There's so many different um, methodologies and the ways. I mean, you were saying earlier, like the Brazilian dance and the Zumba, and there's so many different trends that pick up all over the world. Um, there is a commonality um, in certain trainers or, or, you know, peers that you seek to improve um, education constantly and service. You know, how well are we serving our people? Uh, It's competitive. Fitness is so competitive in America. As a fitness professional, I mean, you know, it's if you're not on the biggest loser, like, who are you, you know? And um, so it becomes, you know, in my opinion, my very humble opinion, a popularity contest, which is why this award meant so much to me because it was it, there were industry professionals who were willing to look at the actual impacts we were making in people's lives and it didn't mean that you know I was on a Facebook poll to me the most popular I, they didn't you know it wasn't a popularity contest that's fantastic and, you know and so it's it's fitness in America is a multi-billion dollar industry you know it's it's not easy to make your way you know I pray every month that we keep our doors open and we're able to pay that rent. I mean, operating costs are high, you know, things like that. But I just commit to doing what we do, which is we serve. And um, and that's my job. My job is to educate and to serve. And I, 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 I love that. And I congratulate you again. So do you have any closing tips or, like, you know, something you've forgotten to tell me that we need to make sure that people know or kind of a wrap-up kind of thought? thought it would be this. You know, the greatest journey, as always, starts with the smallest step. Um, Stop beating yourself up. Don't be afraid. If there's something about you, your functioning, your health you don't like, then take the very first step to change it, and it can be so minimal. You know, it can be so minimal. And it's the small steps. Change doesn't come all at one time. Change and commitment is a process. Commit wisely, commit with a sense of caution, and change slowly so that those changes will last. They will affect your life for years to come. Extreme dieting, extreme workouts are only extreme. Unfortunately, they don't last for a very long time. I think that is fantastic advice. Commit and commit slowly and sensibly. That's what I'm hearing. Yes, with intention. With intention, I like that. I think I can work with that, and it doesn't make me nervous. You know, it's like oh, this is too hard. It's too much. No, it's, it should not be too much. It should be a celebratory step, every step that you take. Fantastic. Well, Joanne, how could people get hold of you if they wanted to find out more or follow you in some way or reach out? Me. I'm happy to email any advice and talk to you. Um, you can find me at SpiritFitnessTraining.com. 
uh, that's our website. You have a blog. Um, uh, you know, there's a blog. There's a bulletin. I take emails from anybody. If you need advice or you're like, Joanne, I'm not sure, or can you give me some, how could I connect with someone in my area, that's absolutely okay, too. Fantastic. All right. Well, I think I have learned some things, and I'm, I'm going to, um, I, I may blog about this and then connect to your blog, and we can kind of play in that arena. I know how to do that. So I think that would be a good idea, and I'm going to try to keep my my weight down a little bit and um, and maybe include a little more of what you and I have talked about today about just a little more movement, you know, yeah. commit to just a little more and then celebrate that. Absolutely, Deb, and I hope you do that. You know, this is a celebratory season. It's, you know, it's 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 time not only to, to, to make results, also time to appreciate where we are, and that's my hope for everyone is that you cannot acknowledge and appreciate where you are, and if you have a desire to move out of the place that you're in, that we do that conscientiously and with a sense of self-importance and awareness. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for being my guest today on the Boomer and the Babe show, and I wish you many more wonderful celebrations in your life, and and I have a sense totally that you deserved every single accolade that you've gotten because you are about service and education, and I think the people who get next to you are going to be very, very well blessed with that. So congratulations, Joanne, and we will talk to you again soon. Thanks so much. Thank you. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye. show where we bring interesting conversations to the world. Be sure to follow us on Twitter where we tweet as Boomer and Babe and on Facebook as Pete Peters 47. As always, you can friend us on Blog Talk Radio or sign up for our newsletter at boomerandthebabe.com. Email us at host at boomerthebabe.com with any of your comments. Remember, at 50, you're just getting started. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive of offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.